Jesus' name, amen. Woo! Woo-hoo! You almost get excited praying, you know what I mean? What happened here? Woo! Woo, I was talking to Jesus, and I know you was too. So thank God for the Holy Ghost. You wanted me to turn to Ezekiel 37, isn't that right? said, where'd you get this from? By direction of the Lord. When I spoke out a while ago, turned to Ezekiel 37, that was the Spirit of God speaking to me, telling me to turn to Ezekiel 37, and I knew it wasn't the right place to turn to. But he wanted me to turn to it for a purpose. That's the prophetic in operation. Sudden inspiration of the moment. I spoke it out. I spoke it out. I hadn't studied it out. I don't know when I've read this. But I believe this is applicable to the body of Christ today. This is by sudden inspiration of the moment that we're saying this. Notice here, Ezekiel says, this is a prophet Ezekiel, used to speak to who? Israel, the nation of Israel. Basically, he prophesied, he told them things that was going to happen, changes they needed to make, and all this stuff. He prophesied all kinds of stuff. And thank God it came to pass. You know, Ezekiel is the one that saw the spaceship. <laughs> That's what they call it. He saw the wheel in the middle of the wheel. I'm looking for the wheel in the middle of the wheel. If you go read Ezekiel 1, 2, and 3, it's very interesting. He was by the river Chebar, and there was our Chebar, whatever, how you say it, you know. And then all of a sudden, he was in the spirit, and he got caught up in the spirit, and he seen the throne of God, the glory of God. He saw the living creatures, the winged creatures. And God spoke to him. And then he saw things that he didn't know how to describe. In our day, he might have described it different. But he saw a wheel that was turning. Well, the, you know, the UFO people say, well, that's a spaceship. <laughs> and then when he saw the wheel in the middle of the wheel, then that was two spaceships. You know what I mean? Going on. But I'm here to tell you, it's time that we get off the merry-go-round and start seeing the wheel in the middle of the wheel. God is bringing the church into a place of His anointing and glory, a place of the outpouring of the Spirit of God like we've never seen or known. If we will press our way into it, His glory is going to come upon us. His anointing is going to come upon us. So here in Ezekiel 37, chapter 1, Ezekiel says, the hand of the Lord was upon me. What that means was, the anointing of God came upon him in a supernatural way. And he said, he carried me out into the spirit, in the spirit of the Lord. He carried him out, and he said, he set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones. So he was... The anointing of God, the hand of the Lord, means the anointing of God came on him. A heavy anointing came upon him, and he was carried out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of what? Bones. What in the world could you imagine sitting here and all of a sudden the hand of the Lord come upon you and take you and set you down in the valley somewhere, and you look around and there's bones all everywhere? Verse 12, 2. He says, and caused me to pass by them round about. In other words, he allowed me to look at all of them. I seen them. And behold, there were how many? 
very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. A type and shadow of the church as a whole today. Type and shadow. Type and shadow. But there's good news in this. He said there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. People are dry today. And we need to come to church out of obedience. That's noble to do that. We should come to church out of obedience. But more so, we should come to church because we want to. <laughs> Woo! People go to church out of obedience today. Or go to the club or do something, you know. But it says here, they were very dry. Not just dry, but very dry. Not just dry, but very dry. In other words, there's no hope for these bones. You could say he was in the boneyard. <laughs> you ever been in the boneyard? The church is dry and thirsty. If you're a true saint of God, you're thirsty. You know, if this is all there is to it, if this is all we're going to ever have, and we serve a supernatural God, why are we going through the motions then? If this is all we're going to ever get? Because there's a little glimmer of hope and faith in all of us that we're not going to sit in the dry bones. <laughs> Forever. Aren't you glad? Yes. And the Lord asked him a question. How do you know it was the Lord? Because it says in verse 1, the hand of the Lord. Which means God had his hand on him, his anointing. And he said unto me, the Lord said to, uh, to Ezekiel, Son of man, can these bones live? And he answered the way I would do. <laughs> And I answered, Ezekiel answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. And that's the proper way. Because Elijah didn't say, oh, yes, I got the faith. This thing going to get up and grow. They're going to live again. All these things going to come together. Everything going to be fine. He didn't have faith for it. Because it looked rough. It looked like it ain't going to happen. It looked like it ain't going to come together. And the church world as a whole, not everybody, not every minister, but the church world as a whole, it looks rough. And when the Lord says to me, uh, Brother Randall, he said, do you believe that these bones can live? My answer is, Lord, thou knowest. Lord, you know, only you know. You've got to give me faith for it. Lord, you've got to give me the anointing. In fact, you've got to give me the gift of faith. But it also shows us something else. It's impossible for these bones to live. And that's why he's asking Elijah. He wanted to locate him. He wanted to see where he was at. So Elijah was like me. <laughs> I don't know. My, it looks impossible here, Lord. Isn't that right? He said, O Lord, thou knowest. Verse 4. Again, he, the Lord said to him, prophesy. Notice here. Who said to him? 
Who said to him? If the Lord didn't tell you to prophesy, please be quiet. The reason that they were so accurate is they did not speak until God spoke. But that's not popular today. Because you have got to have a constant word because the pressure is on the prophetic ministry to prophesy. Yay! Hey, nay, yay! Nay, 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 hey, hey! Everything's going to be all right today! And everything's going to hell. But anyway, hi, everything! And I'm not cussing. I'm not cussing. I don't cuss. Hey, yay, nay, yay, everything's all right today. And every, every one of them just went behind the other. And the other prophesied bigger than the other one. You know what? I'm not knocking no. I'm just telling you the doggone truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So help me God learn that in the court. But anyway, <laughs> it works. If God has not spoken, please be quiet. Please shut up. Because it grieves the Spirit of God. It grieves God's anointing. And He is not going to anoint you to do something and say something. You're going to lead a lot of people astray. Thank you for getting excited about it. He said unto Ezekiel, He said, prophesy unto these bones. When the Lord says prophesy, prophesy. And saying to them, he told him exactly what to say. He didn't let him come up with his own idea, his own desires, his own dreams. He said, you say to them, say to these bones, O ye dry bones, hear what? The word of the Lord. But today you hear the words of man. And that's why, not everybody, but that's why these words don't come to pass. That's why they keep telling you they're going to do this. It's going to take over the military. They're going to do this. They're going to kill this one. They're going to do that. They're going to do this. And all of a sudden, they're going to ride in. They'll do this. They'll take over the capital. And it never happens. Because the Lord didn't say it. Because the Lord wasn't in it. God's not necessarily. Don't throw me out. Don't stone me yet. But remember, God's not necessarily in the business of building a nation. He's here to build the kingdom of God. And that's what our job is. So the devil uses these things as a distraction. Yes, we're concerned about our nation. Yes, we pray about our nation. But when Jesus Christ was here, they asked him in Acts chapter 1, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Will you bring us out from under the Roman Empire and this oppression we be going under? Jesus didn't even answer them. He pointed them back to the Holy Ghost. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses as an evidence producer. Samaria and Judea and so on to the uttermost part of the earth. That's what he said. In other words, you need to concentrate on building the kingdom of God. Yes, those other things have their place, but the enemy has distracted the church, and most of the church is fighting with the government. Woo! <laughs> is there a time to stand up? Yes! Is there a time to get your head cut off? Yes! Are you going to get in that line? <laughs> Yes, but we should not let these things distract us from the original purpose, which is building the kingdom of God. Remember the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, not in the American government. That's right. Woo! <laughs> I can feel it now. <laughs> 
<laughs> and, and again, that don't mean we don't pray for our leaders. We do. I do. I do pray for them. I do pray for them all, all of them, from the state to city and county and, you know, all the way up to federal level everywhere, military, everybody. I think it's wise. I think it should. But at the same time, I'm not going to get distracted. I got to fight with everybody when I should be on my knees praying for the power to come because then we're going to have one of them Finney meetings. When them Finney meetings show up, remember what happened? They closed the drug, 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 grog shops. i got to get it right. The, the alcohol shops, all the uh, alcohol places, the strip joints, all that kind of stuff, the robbing and stealing and all that quit. It changed the whole culture of their society. They had to go out of business. It was offering evil things because there was no clients to buy their materials. Kingdom of God is here to change the culture of our society. The kingdom of God will do it. Isn't that right, brother? I think you got it here. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> That's right. And I'll guarantee you, a praying church, somebody that believes and trusts in God, because uh, your pastor's, you know, been around me, stirring me up. So he's responsible for all these things. He's in talking to me about Brother Daniel Nash and Charles Finney and giving me quotes. Say, just read this, brother, and he get it marked. Read this, brother, and I said, brother, I'm a miserable mess now. I don't need no more. <laughs> I don't need no more. <laughs> he had books today at lunch. Here, oh, I mean, wonderful things. Wonderful things. But you know what? He's under conviction, too. Amen. <laughs> So he and I are two peas in a pod, we'd say in the country. I pray all of you get in a miserable mess. I pray that you're not satisfied till you meet God with his full power and anointing in your life. Whew. And one thing I noticed about them things he was showing me was just usually a handful of people, a couple of people that actually caught on fire and wouldn't let the horns of the altar go, so to speak, and then it broke out. And then people started coming to God left and right to the point that it changed society. Yeah. No robbing, cheating, lying, stealing, none of that stuff. Right. Just think, I might send y'all into Chicago. <laughs> but I won't send you without the Holy Ghost. I can tell you that now. Could you imagine God coming down on Chicago? Well, there's, I don't know how many deaths. I mean, I think they break the records over there. You know what I mean? Break the records. But you know it's not too far that God can't change it. But it won't be changed through the mechanics of man. It'll be changed through the power of God. Woo! We don't need no more machines. We don't need no more gimmicks. We don't need no more organizations. Don't take that wrong. What we need is the power of God. Because that's what's going to change people. You got me excited here. What time is it? My Lord. What time? Don't get me going now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He said to prophesy unto these bones in verse 4, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. Church, there is hope. 
and I will lay sinews upon you and will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. God is going to the valley of dead bones to the church. Woo! And he's going to visit us with the power of God. Verse 7, Ezekiel said, So I prophesied as I was commanded. Don't speak until the Lord gives you a command to speak. And as I prophesied, when God speaks, and the prophet speaks in behalf of God, there was a noise of the day of Pentecost. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. There were cloven tongues like as a fire that set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And got signs and marched to the Capitol. My God, you ready? <laughs> shut your mouth. My God, shut your mouth, boy. <laughs> Mama used to say, and Granny used to say, I'll wash your mouth out with soap. I don't know if you had a Granny like that. What are you doing? No, the Holy Ghost came on them. And they spoke with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. They were empowered. And they were more in love with God than they was this world. This world didn't offer them anything. They didn't want to be here anymore except to fulfill the commandment of God to build his kingdom. Woo! That's what this move is about, to visit the church. He said there was a noise, verse 7, and behold, a shaken Shaking, whoo, noise and a shaking. And the bones came together. Knee bone connected to the hip bone. <laughs> By God, I'm telling you, the bones came together. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them, but there was no breath into them. But he said to me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon the slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. God said to the prophet, call the wind in. And all of a sudden, they came alive. And not just alive, they came a great army. And the devil said, let's go to the house, boys. <laughs> let's get out of here. We ain't staying around here. This is a type and shadow of the church. I'm telling you, God is raising up the church today. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been in the valley of dry bones, and it's been dry. If you're a Christian and you got the Holy Ghost, you know this is not all there is. You know there's more. You know it in your spirit. But I'm here to tell you, I can hear him now. Prophesy to the dry bones. And they became a great and mighty army. Isn't that what it says? Woo! <laughs> and then he goes on to tell about the house of Israel and about how God would raise Israel up again. And of course he did. May 14th, 1948. The Lord said this to me way back yonder. I was in the Pinehurst, North Carolina. I believe that's where you say it. It's where the big golf places are at over there. But uh, I was praying. I was walking around and around praying. And I wasn't even thinking about it. And this is what the Lord said. He said, the last of the last days 
started May 14th, 1948, when Israel became a nation again. That's the last of the last days. So we're now in the days of Noah. What happened in the days of Noah? They were eating, drinking, giving in marriage till the flood came and took them all the way. In other words, they did not pay attention. Society did not pay attention. They thought Noah was crazy. They think I'm crazy, maybe. No, they know it. But anyway, <laughs> crazy for saying these things. But I'm like Noah. I'm saying what God says. And I'm going to continue to say what he says. And I'm going to seek his face. Because I'm seeking God and I'm not going to be satisfied to the valley of dry bones begin to live again. I pray for the church. Remember the Lord told me, told me, in fact, I was at uh, Pastor Tim Stallman's church up in New York recently, just a little while back. And I was praying for, you know, the nation and everything like that. And the Lord said to me, he said, the way, remember I, I quoted it to you, I actually had wrote it down and I read it to you. But he said, he said, the way you're praying for the nation is not going to necessarily bring the change you desire. He said, until the church changes, your nation is not going to change to any greater degree. In fact, it can get worse. Until the church changes. What do I mean? The church has got to live again. The church has got to get on fire again. The church has got to have a move of God again. The church has got to be more in love with God than it is this world system. I'm telling you, that's what it is. And he's bringing us to that. And I believe tonight he spoke to us here through Ezekiel. And I believe it's a type and shadow of the church. And notice this, when they were dead and dry, I mean dried up. I mean, there no skin, no nothing. And then when God spoke and told him to prophesy, what happened? They came together, the bones came together. Notice there was the progression in it. And that's going to come in our day. How's that going to happen? Through prayer and seeking God. What God is bringing back to the church is prayer. He's bringing it back. Because that's what's going to bring it in. In fact, this is, this is the way it, I think the Lord kind of showed it to me and helped me with. Prayer is the forerunner of this move. Every move has a forerunner. John the Baptist was before the move of Jesus. Isn't that right? And this forerunner of this last day move of God, the forerunner for it is prayer. In other words, it's not going to happen unless we pray it out. And victory is ours. It's already ordained in heaven. God knows that we are going to take a hold of it. He's got faith in us because he's already written in his word. And he does not lie that he's coming back for a glorious church. So if he's coming back for a glorious church, then undoubtedly we must become glorious. It's not just a hope. It's not just a dream. But it will be a reality. And again... Usually the way moves of God starts is for a handful of people deciding they're going to press into God with everything that they've got. 
Now, the Holy Ghost is going to help them because we're not going to do it by ourselves through the mechanics of man. He's going to help us. Now, we're going to pray out this move of God. There's been such a dissatisfaction in me. Because, and, that, and that's healthy because I realize that, I'm, uh, that we're not seeing what we should see. Even in the ministry that I'm called to, I'm not seeing what I should see. That's why the Lord told me to go back and read that book and study it and see what this, this is what you need to do. This, you need to apply yourself. And that's what I'm doing. I believe this. You are called, appointed, and anointed for this day and hour. I believe that you're here tonight because of that. And let's balance this out. Everybody has their different place in life. You can't do what I do. But whatever place I've been given, whatever place you've been given or called to, you need to take that place with joy. I'm not trying to put a yoke around your neck or lay a burden upon you. We used to call it an old-time Pentecost. You know, and cause you to have hardships. I'm not, I'm, I don't want any of that to happen to you. But whatever your calling is, get in it. You're called, you're appointed, and you're anointed for this hour. I preach myself happy. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you.